welcome to Story City's mini tour of Urupeto. Today, not only will we be diving into the history of this UNESCO World Heritage Site, but we will be revealing local stories and urban legends you would never find in a guidebook that involve rebellion, hidden treasure, heroic slaves, breathtaking artwork, and gold heists. During this hour to an hour and a half, we will visit 10 unmissable locations in Urupeto town. You will be getting these stories directly from our local Urupeto guide and storyteller. My name is Marcelo Mocha. I'm the owner of Chicopeto Hostel. I moved here in 1986, but uh, not continuous living here. Now I've been in Belo Horizonte and outside Brazil, but Ouro Preto is, I consider, as my town, no? it's my, my, my place. Marcelo has had many careers in his life, apart from owning one of the best hostels in town, including as a journalist and head of a bilingual newspaper in London for 15 years. He's lived here on and off for almost 30 years and makes the town's history come alive. He's one of the most amazing storytellers we've come across, which is why we asked him to partner with us on this tour. He is incredibly proud of his hometown, Urupreto, which means black gold, which used to be one of the biggest in the world in the 18th century. Urupreto was bigger than Lisbon and, uh, and New York. It had more than 200,000 people. Imagine, today it has 45. Hills were all taken, yes, all full. If you come here knowing at least a hint of the history, no, because then the past is much more alive, no. Most of Brazil's historic rebellions happened here, and all, if you would believe, are because of tax. All the rebellions that took place here were because of this thieves of gold, all of them. And that's what I say, no, our most important hero, Tiradentes, died because of he didn't agree on paying 20%. No, now we pay 50, 60, and we are all very quiet. No? But more about the Tiradentia-led rebellion, the one this square is named after, later. The Tiradentes Square, as, as a matter of fact, was uh, a war square where the people meet there and sometimes fight there, no? At one side, you had what was the prison and the justice administration is the museum of inconfidencia, you know. And the other side, that school of mine, was the palace. You see those uh, places for the guards to stay, you know, those advanced points with the garrets there. You see there are two garrets there, and that was the palace. The prison, the Museum in Confidencia, which you can see at the lower end of the square, would house the leader of the First Rebellion. That was back when this area was first founded. Then it was divided into land packets for the Portuguese nobles. The King of Portugal divided Brazil in fields, you no, know, in heritage captains, and distributed to Baron or whatever. But uh, was rumors about uh, a lot of gold here in this region and this place that I talked to you called Arraial do Ouro Podre is just over there and like a kilometer from here. This little village Marcelo mentions also went by the name Ouro Podre camp in the 18th century and today it is known as the Moro da Cuyamada Archaeological Park. 
If you're facing the mining school with its garrets, the park is in the mountains in a northwesterly facing direction from the school. That place was where they were taking most of the gold, where a village with like 3,000 people living there. When rumours surfaced, an official was sent from Portugal to investigate and impose a crown tax if true. He also came because of the tax for the gold that one-fifth belonged to the crown, no? 20%. This collection of this tax was called the Hama, and the people were very afraid of that. They said, ah, as always, no, we don't have money, we don't have gold, blah, 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 blah. And when this count arrived in the town, just like 2,000, 3,000 people surrounded him. He didn't expect, he has just a small guard, you know, and they said, oh, because we want this, and he agreed with everything. The crowd made multiple demands, including no tax be imposed and that the status quo basically remained the same. Satisfied that they had peer pressured the official, they naively left, thinking all was settled. And they dispersed, no, they just went away. It was just the time for the, the discount to gather all the, the troops. You can imagine the reports he wrote the crown. He was like shocked when he came here. You see some letters that he wrote to the court, you know, said that uh, there was no law, the people didn't respect the crown, the, the Negroes live like uh, free people, you know, had their own uh, shops. Then came time for the official to take his troops and retaliate. And then he surrounded that village that belonged to this Portuguese man called Pascual da Silva, who was the richest man in this state here. So this village, the one a kilometre from here, was where the 3,000 people who had surrounded the official in the mini-rebellion came from. Yes, th this village belonged to him. It was his mines, no? They took the leader of the rebellion, who was the right-hand man of the baron who owned the village. It was called Felipe dos Santos. They took this man and they put him in that jail there, that is the museum. Marcelo's talking of the Museum de Inconfidencia, in front of you there at the lower end of the square, with the fountain and stairs leading up to its entrance. This prisoner was kept in a cell, in the corner so he could see the village burn. This square you're standing in was the main square also in those times. In a cell that he could see that his village was burning, you know, his family was just set in a fire. They say that the Count didn't order this uh, massacre, you know, that was an accident, but of course not, you know. Two significant rebellions happened in this town, but we will speak about our second one at our next location, Casa dos Contos. But before we do, you'll notice a statue of a hanged man in the square. It's Tiradencia. He's from the second important rebellion. Unfortunately, at the end of the rebellion, he ends up with his severed head in this square, as a warning to others that might rebel. In the night, this head was stolen by one of his supporters. On the anniversary of the rebellion, they had a commemoration festival in the square, resulting in one of the first quirky urban myths from Marcelo this tour. And about some years ago, there was a celebration here, like commemorating two, 200 years of Tiradentes, something like that. And they made the same, you know, they made a wax head of Tiradentes and put it in a, in a cage there. And a friend of mine, Zé Figenio, an artist, went there and stole the, the, the head. 
Next morning was uh, the whole battalion in front of his house, you know, <laughs> to arrest him. And he said, no, no, I just recreated the history. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> Did he get away with it? No, he had to give the head back. <laughs> <laughs> so many more unique and quirky stories to come. Our next stop is Casa dos Contos which functioned as a treasury in more recent history and now as a museum. At the end of each section, I'm going to give you some instructions on how to get to our next stop. However, I do have to let you know that my Brazilian and Portuguese accent is horrible, so I will not be doing these as they would sound to the Portuguese tongue, but I will be spelling or saying these streets phonetically. So a big apologies to everybody. Unfortunately, not all of us can sound as awesome as Marcelo. So to get to the Casa dos Contos, you need to walk through the square to the upper section where the mining museum is at one end and turn left onto the Rocha Lagoa Street. Follow the street down and turn right at the T intersection. The Casa dos Contos is on the right. <laughs> 